The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Organic Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about growing your business without reliance on paid media. Joining us for Organic Growth Week is Morty Oberstein, who is the new head of communications at SEMrush, which is an online visibility management SaaS platform that has been used by over 7 million marketers worldwide. SEMrush is an all-in-one marketing suite that consists of more than 50 products, tools, and add-ons that help companies market better online. And in addition to being our guest today, SEMrush is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So far this week, Morty and I have talked about why marketers are reprioritizing organic growth. We talked about what data you need to set an effective SEO strategy, what's the overlap between brand and SEO, what's the overlap between SEO and social media. And today we're going to get down to brass tacks and we're going to talk about how you understand if your SEO and your organic growth channels are actually working. All right, here's the last installment of Organic Growth Week with Morty Oberstein from SEMrush. Morty, happy Friday, and welcome to the last episode of Organic Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. This is the last time we're going to talk? What am I going to do with myself? This is the last time this week we're going to talk. Morty, okay. you're always welcome to come back. Thank you. Let's not have our tearful goodbyes yet, but okay. let's talk about the end of the road when it comes to organic growth and SEO. We talked about how do I figure out whether I should prioritize organic growth? How do I actually set my strategy? How do I blend it in with brand and my social media channels? How do I create this organic growth strategies? I'm going to create content. I'm going to distribute it around all sorts of channels. Hopefully Google will pick it up and get me some traffic too. How do I know if all this stuff is working? It's not like PPC. It's not like I just check the bottom line revenue and figure out my return on ad spend. What's the ways that you evaluate your organic growth strategies? It's very simple. If you're ranking number one, you've succeeded. That's not true. Beyond your wildest dreams. I'm kidding. <laughs> Liar. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a false metric because it all depends. There's SEO. Let's talk about what you should not be looking at. There's a lot of vanity metrics, right? For example, ranking. Ranking is very helpful. It can tell you if your efforts are being successful in terms of Google. If you're ranking number one for a Q, let's jump back to it's March 2019. 
not from, I'm sorry, my, my years of COVID. It's COVID-19, but it's March 2020. No, oh, I wish we could go back to 2019 instead of 2020, but fine. Bring us back. Yeah, I was going to say. Hey, everybody, we're getting back in the bunker and we're hoarding toilet paper. There we go. It's March 11th, 2020, the day that it officially became a pandemic. You know things are screwed up. I remember the actual date. And you're a travel site and you're ranking for flights from L.A. to New York. And it gets a million visitors. It's a great keyword. And you're ranking number one for it. You know what? It doesn't matter right now. No one's flying. So ranking can be a false metric. It's not about ranking. Ranking is a medium to bring in traffic. Now, traffic is also a false metric unless, well, unless you want to show traffic numbers. So you want to have display advertisement. Fine. Leave that aside for a second. Traffic is also a false metric. If I'm ranking for a keyword, really simple, I sell shirts and I'm ranking for keywords about car parts. And I get tons of people clicking on these URLs to my site and their page is all about car parts, but no one's actually going to buy anything from me because I sell shirts. So traffic is not the ultimate metric, it's conversions. So it all kind of plays together. There's not like one ultimate SEO metric, right? You could be doing everything perfectly in ranking. You can bring in the traffic, but if your CRO is kind of messed up, your conversion rate optimization, if your UI and your UX and usability on the page, or even your load speed, I'll give you a great case. You're ranking really well. People click, you get the traffic, and all of a sudden they get to the page and all the, the buttons are jumping around. It's your CLS. All Everything's moving around on the page. And I'm trying to add something to the freaking cart and I can't. I'm out. My SEO is no good? Well, no, my SEO was great, but you have to think about, well, in this case, your SEO wasn't so great because CLS is part of your SEO, but the usability of the page wasn't great. So it's all one big picture. You can't focus on one part of it and say, I've succeeded. It's all got to play together. Then you know you've succeeded with your SEO. That's the top level answer. I hear you. I agree and I disagree. Okay. I think that there's a difference between leading indicators and trailing indicators. Yes, the bottom line is all that matters and that's nothing new and that's nothing specific to SEO. In the same way that your PPC channels, you can drive lots of clicks, you could drive lots of conversions, but if you're giving away a discount through the ads, that means that those conversions aren't profitable. It's all a vanity metric. It all comes down to bottom line revenue, and that's everything can be distilled down to how much money is the marketing channel making. Now, with organic growth, with SEO specifically, I think of the metrics like this. So first off, is your site getting crawled? Do you have the ability to get exposure for the pages that you want to? Are you actually able to communicate with Google and get them to rank your content? When Google picks up those pages, where are they ranking? Are they getting into the search engines? Then we're looking at click-through rate. And then once we get traffic, now we have our normal KPIs. Now, look, when I am evaluating an SEO strategy... Am I thinking about the conversion rate from SEO? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I care very much about whether people are organically going to convert. You know, am I creating content that's just getting them to the website? But in reality, when somebody gets to my site because they're, you know, clicking on a piece of content, they're doing their research that is relevant to my topic. You use the, you know, we sell t-shirts and we created a page about mufflers. Sure. That's a waste of time. I hear you. But if I'm creating a page with a t-shirt that has a picture of a muffler on it and somebody comes to the site and they don't buy that t-shirt, that's a win. I have data on that click. Now I'm building my retargeting, my lookalike audience, and it feeds some of my other marketing strategies. So when I think about SEO value, I am very much thinking about volume, 
Do I have the pages that are getting crawled? Am I ranking for the keywords that I want to rank for? Are people getting to the site? And then obviously as well, I'm looking at what the throughput is, but it's a channel for organic growth. It's one of those things that you start thinking about building volume over time. You can't necessarily control the conversion rate on a per click basis. No, there's definitely a lot of truth to that. Let's take a blog would be a great case of that. People come to your blog, they see your blog, they read it. They don't necessarily buy anything. In fact, blogs tend to have a higher bounce rate than most other kinds of pages because you come for the content, you get it, and then you leave. I think if you think of the funnel as being very neat and clean, then you'll say, well, that blog was a failure. But the funnel's messy. People come to your blog, they see your content, they say, wow, that was so great. It was so authoritative. You're wonderful. I'm not buying a damn thing from you right now because I don't need a damn thing from you right now. But in a month or in a year, they come back and say, hey, you know what? I need this. I remember that post this website had. That was pretty good. Let me go back. So there definitely is something to saying, hey, I'm ranking, I'm bringing in traffic and thinking about it from a much long-term, wider lens kind of perspective, 100%. So when we take a broader approach, we start thinking about organic growth. SEO metrics, people think about rankings, they think about clicks, it's a traffic driver. When I think about my overall organic growth strategy, you know, most of the time we're looking at, well, what went in Google Analytics into the organic bucket? And then also what went into the direct bucket? What are some of the ways that you think about growing and evaluating the success of organic growth when you're not just only focused on SEO? Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up. We we're talking about the social aspect, right? We've, you're building up organic social. One of the things that will, if you're doing it right, will inevitably happen is people will search for you by brand name on Google. But let's say you sell shirts again, really keeping it simple. Instead of going to your site, trying to find where you have the shirts or why, where you have a particular piece of content or where you have a particular product, they'll search for your site name and whatever it is they're looking for. I do it with Amazon all the time, by the way, for a different reason. When you're building up your overall organic presence, you're building up the ability for people to just either go right to your website or do a navigational search, right? Throw your site in. I think I saw a stat on this a couple of years ago that most people are looking for documentation, like knowledge-based content. They won't use the actual site search. They'll go to Google, throw in the name of the brand and throw in whatever they're looking for. So when you build up that brand reputation that you have organically and that audience and those relationships, all the good things we talked about, you're getting a lot of brand traffic and that could be direct because they know your website or it could be they're throwing your brand name into the Google search bomb box and either just bringing you up directly that way or trying to find a particular piece of content or page or product on your website that way. By the way, it's a great metric that we track in SEMrush. You can see the percentage of traffic that's branded search, which is really important. SEOs will crap on this, right? Oh, it's a, it's a branded keyword. Of course, you're ranking number one for your own brand name. But when you're bringing in branded traffic, isn't that what we all want? I want to be Microsoft. I want people to know me by name and search for me by name and come to my website that way. I've made it if that's happening. Yeah, I think that that's the hardest thing to actually grow is somebody is searching for you by name. Sure, they're using Google as a navigational way to direct to your traffic. Instead of putting in martechpod.com, they're searching for Martech Podcast and using Google. There's no difference. It's great. And I actually get value and tracking and it doesn't show up in the direct traffic bucket. Right. Right. <laughs> That's the worst. That's really the tricky thing about organic growth is you can do all of these marketing efforts. And, so, you know, you get into this with PR, building an organic social, running a podcast. 
how much impact is this having on my overall brand? It's not a one-to-one relationship. It goes back to the beginning of our conversation. I'm going to spend a year focusing on building content, on distributing it through my social media channels, building that audience. I'm going to optimize the content for Google and my business is doing better, but I can't directly attribute it to the activities that I did. So am I winning or am I losing? That's the problem with organic growth. That's what scares people. So how do you solve that problem and actually give yourself credit for the work you're doing? I think it comes down to mentality with organic. Think about it like this. You're building your organic presence. You're getting bigger. We'll say, let's put it this way. You're getting more influential. Just like when you as a person become more influential, that opens up new doors. When you grow organically, you have more clout, you have more weight, you have more influence, and that opens up a whole lot of new doors and new possibilities. So if you're looking for direct attribution, I think that's the wrong way to think about organic in a lot of sense. And you think you see sites making mistakes with this because they'll end up producing overly acquisitional content in order to compensate. I'm going to create really acquisitional content. I'll be able to directly attribute it. Success. Except that the content you end up creating is relatively acquisitional because it's acquisitional content and people are intelligent can smell it from a mile away. So there's a danger in the overly attributed mentality. But if you take a step back and apply organic growth to how you apply the paradigms in the rest of your life, it's not that complicated or it's not that strange or foreign. I always say that marketing is both an art and a science. And internet marketing is something that we want to be purely science. And it's not. The creative you use in your ads impacts the ad performance, right? And on the flip side, when you think about organic growth channels, often there is an art into this. It's how do I build influence? How do I build recognition? How do I build the untrackable? And then some of the times when I'm building something that's untrackable, it's a useless exercise to try to track the value that comes from it. It, There isn't tracking. It just doesn't exist. And it's frustrating as hell, Morty. To no end. It's like the gift and the curse. Guys like you and me who are talented in organic search, who are talented in SEO, can create value and volume and then spend half of our lives wasted trying to figure out quantifying what that value and volume is. You can't qualify qualitative aspects. It goes back to the brand thing, brand perception, sentiment. How do you qualify that? How do you quantify that? You have to have your finger on the pulse. It's like proving to me that my mother loves me. Are you going to offer tangible metrics and analytics? I'm going to survey her for 10 days in a row, and I'm going to give you a percentage of the times that she loves you based on time of day. And I mean, like at some point, it's just like, no, there is some intuition involved here. And look, I'm not saying that organic growth is totally untrackable. There are things like rank and impression and traffic and direct response value in organic search that obviously you can track and you should and you should evaluate your success primarily based on them. There is other value out of doing these activities that you're going to see in the other bucket, in the direct traffic, in the like, I don't know, our business is just doing better. There are more opportunities and partnerships that are coming our way because we're visible. And that's the difference between the sugar and the broccoli of PPC and organic growth is I can track it. I can feel it. It happens right now, as opposed to I know this is going to make me better over the long haul. I mean, look, if you're listening to this and you want to feel better about this, think about your day. Think about your life. 99.9% of your decisions are intuitive. Don't be uncomfortable with intuition. I think that's great advice. Don't be uncomfortable with intuition. 
I also think that there is an investment that takes time to mature with organic growth. And so the real way to evaluate the success of these channels, taking the long view, you look at the overall business performance and you see the volume and value of the untracked. Well, look, we've got $100,000 of revenue that we can't directly attribute to a marketing channel, but we've been doing organic growth activities for a year. That's what it is. It's not your performance marketing ads were driving more revenue than you thought they were. Maybe they had a brand impact too, but all that other bucket, that direct traffic, all that other stuff that you can't track. If you do your organic growth and you take a look over a longer view, a six month, a year long period, and you start to see what the business performance is, then you could really start to recognize what the value of these longer term, slower to mature channels are. Yep. Look, sometimes you don't have perfect data. You'd have good enough data. Sometimes all you get is correlation, not causation. And that's also fine. Yeah. Morty, at the end of the day, organic is, like I said, an art and a science. And I appreciate you coming on the show and walking us through your approach and SEMrush's approach. Thanks for being our guest. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast. It's been a pleasure to talk to you this week. It's been the thrill of my life. Morty, I'm flattered. And that wraps up Organic Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Morty Oberstein, head of communications at SEMrush for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Morty, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Morty Oberstein, M-O-R-D-Y-O-B-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. Or you could visit his company's website. You go to SEMrush.com slash MarTech and they'll give you a month free of their guru account. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you haven't had a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.